Complete pixels. Lost tangents and lost lives, lost frights and lost nights. Everything's been played and played out, but here, the skybox is the limit. And to follow is a parallax scrolling, derezzed rant that's mostly about video games. Mostly. I'm Matt. And I'm Tony. And in this episode, we have the year 1996 for our mid-school memories, which I'm looking forward to, some news updates, and more. So let's get started. In many an adventure game playthrough, you will pick up a multitude of items that will help you on your quest. And the Legend of Zelda series is rife with all manner of equipment that Link will use to aid him. Bombs are used to help destroy most things, the Pegasus boots let Link dash at higher speeds, and the hookshot will let Link get to those hard-to-reach areas. Another item you can find is the fishing rod, a staple in a lot of adventure games. And in Zelda, it is usually reserved as a fun minigame, which will net Link anything from rupees to an extra piece of heart. However, in Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess, there's another little trick you can use it for. At the final battle against Ganondorf, after he's gone through all of his forms, you're down to a one-on-one -on -one duel with the Dark Lord, and here you can use the fishing rod to cheese your way to victory. Equip your rod as a secondary item, cast it towards Ganon, and he will be momentarily stunned. You quickly switch back to your sword, swing for the fences, and you'll get in a few cheap hits. It's possible here to trap him in a loop, so you can cast the rod, hack away, repeat, and you'll make quick work of the game's end boss. It bleeds pixels. All right, so we'll get started with what's playing. What's been playing, Matt? Well, unfortunately, I'm still slipping. Haven't got the TV yet. I had to be an adult and buy a whole bunch of like actual necessary things for my house. So I bought a dehumidifier. And even though it's got lots of buttons, I can't really play any games on that. But after our last chat, I know I still am swearing off pop finals. You can sell out as much as you want, but you know, still add that hashtag into all our posts and so maybe you'll get some free toys. But it gave me just an itch to buy toys so what i actually randomly found on the weekend i went and this actually made my jaw drop uh i was in toy world in wellington and usually i just go straight for the lego uh i know you and me have talked to like extensively off book about you know the lego that we love uh but i was just uh walking past action figures yeah i, I was just gonna say that's exactly what i do i'm like action figures and then i go lego but i anyway, always yeah. you know I, I still i don't really i don't buy any of the modern wrestling figurines but i still check them out and you know uh, transformers don't look like transformers anymore they just look like weird shards of plastic that somehow transform once and you can never do again so ridiculously plastic there is no die cast metal in there it's they're dog shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah anyway but yeah. what i found was and it's obviously They've obviously been made again, but it's a reissue of the old, the real Ghostbusters figurines. Awesome. I saw something like that in EB Games. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. It looked amazing. And, yeah. Um, yeah. They they didn't have many. So then, you know, I was out at a different store and found, because well, I looked at the back, because I, I mean, as I said, it made my jaw drop. I literally went, holy shit. I remember those from. Do you, you, know, do you mean, do you mean like the cartoon? Yes. Yeah. The, the real. Yeah. Okay. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. That was when, yes. you know. Yeah. I know. I've seen Egon's them. got yeah. blonde hair and. I think I was even talking about yeah. it with another friend who, you know, they used to have those figurines. I think the ghosts, you could push their back and the jaw would un, like, you know, drop down and their eyes would bug out. They were one of the, like, the ghost figurines. But I remember having, well, because I've got one in front of me. I bought Peter Venkman because uh, uh, being able to order, own an action figure of Bill Murray is uh, pretty rad, even though I know, you know, he didn't do the voice for the cartoon. So I bought the, uh, the Peter Venkman one, who's, you know, the sarcastic, surly one from Ghostbusters. Uh, but looking at the back, 
they don't even call him Slimer. They call him the Green Ghost. But I had that figurine as a kid. And, you know, he's just this big green blob that had a, you know, pizza he would put in his hand. But I still haven't been able to track that one down. Yeah, just holy shit. Uh, and, yeah, with the fact that we were talking a lot about toy collection last episode, y- you gave me the itch and I managed to scratch it. So, yeah, I bought toys. <laughs> I bought a, a Peter Vinkman toy. Uh, it is at the stage still in the package because there's that part of me that's like, oh, I'm an adult. Maybe I should collect a bit more uh, sensibly. Maybe I'll also do it stupidly and go buy another one that I can open because it's got the little proton pack with the like squiggly green bit of plastic that's meant to twist to be like, you know, you're crossing the streams. But yeah, that just blew my mind. So yeah, I'm going to start trying to get more of those basically. Wow, that's real cool, man. Yeah, like I say, I've seen them. And I actually, so going back with your toys, I was always stoked with you because you did open mm. them. And I always thought that was really cool because like, you're not just like being like 40 year old virgin, like, no, you know, like thinking, thinking about like, you know, you literally actually want to hold it out the package and look at it and touch it. And you know what I mean? Like I have that too. Like, I think it's cool to, I mean, do what you want, but if you keep shit in cardboard, like, uh, I don't know, in, in plastic, it's like, have you really brought it? Like you haven't yeah, opened it. That's true. You know? It's, and yeah. It's just kind of like, and that shit deteriorates. So like, you might think, oh, it's good, but you know, the plastic can oh, go like real gullet and it becomes brittle. Like, um, I was actually, this is off the subject of this, but I was, um, watching uh, a YouTube video about uh, the Sega Saturn and how incredibly hard it is to collect for that because the cases disintegrate no matter how well you store them. You could do everything to them that you can and they'll just shatter in your hands. The plastic was just Just, just shit. Yeah, and the casing can just explode, just sitting nicely on the shelf. It can just shatter and the discs weren't even in like a proper disc tray. They were like chucked in there and like, uh, plastic sleeves, you know, like a shitty sleeve that you, they take the game out of when you buy a game anyway, and then you put it into yep. the case. Yeah, it's um, it's like a fucking nightmare. So, um, but yeah, anyway, I was just saying, like, I think it's really cool how, like, in the past you would open all of your toys, and I always thought that was real cool because I could walking into your room, and hopefully, you know, you didn't mind too much. I would always like pick up your toys and be like, whoa, and like hard out, you know, get a good look yes. at them. Yeah. No, the only thing I think I used to get annoyed with, and. It was either you, probably our friend Craig, but I would often walk into my room and all my figurines had been uh, put in compromising positions with each other. <laughs> that used to grind my head. I may, I, may, I may have done that when I was drunk one yes, time or something. Yes. But... And, and that used to be like, motherfuckers, these are collector's items. They're not dolls. My bad. But at the same time, <laughs> since, as we've established, most of them were wrestling figurines, I got why people put them in there you know, bent over positions with each other. It's not, it's not what you think guys. Shit. I, um, yeah. So is that for, is that for uh, everything for you this week? Yeah. Just no games as yet. Okay. uh, That's cool. And you're still doing the, um, still watching some anime and stuff. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. What was I, what was I last getting through? One piece. I'm still, still still trawling through that. Every now and then I sort of see the other ones pop up, but yeah, that's, that's what's uh, tidying me over. How about yourself, Suz? What's playing? So I just went to JB Hi-Fi and I had a look around and um, I saw some really cheap 3DS games. I didn't buy anything, so but I had a look around. Yeah, I just thought shit was really cool in there. Like, um, I really liked, because I haven't been to a store in so long, like with COVID and everything. And like, 
I don't know, I, don't, I, I generally buy everything online now and stuff. And I just, I actually really like walking around the store because I, I like the seeing the display stands of like The Last of Us 2, the Ghost of, I can't, Ghost of Tsushima. Um, yeah, there's like a display stand for that. And I'm just like, oh, this is so fucking cool. And there's like Animal Crossing posters. And I always want to, but I've done it before, but it's never worked out. But I want to go up to the, the guys and be like, hey, can I please put my name on that poster? Like, Yeah, man. Because um, I really love that shit. I've had real disappointing results with that. Okay, this is random. Like there's, uh, you know how all the rental stores ended up closing down? Mm -hmm. There was one in um, where I live and there was, a, it was, it wasn't official, but it was like somebody had made it and it was fucking awesome. It was made of foam and it was an original Xbox sign and it was probably like two meters by like one meter. It was like really big. And I went in there, I was like, please, please, I want this yeah. like, like, and I bought games and, and stuff because at the time I was collecting collecting for the original xbox yep. and and the guy said yeah no worries no worries i kept going in because i know what it's like they say yes and then they're full of shit yep. and they forget <laughs> i was going in like every like second day Th then the next day i walk in and i was like no like i saw it in bits on the ground the demo guys had come in and they'd ripped everything off the walls and stuff oh no and i almost wanted to cry like i was just like oh man like it would have been so sick it would be like a trophy piece for like my you know my um because it's from a rental store man and that um that was quite sad but um i went on a random tangent there yeah just looking around and um i all so i almost bought an amiibo but i don't want to start that bug could, um, could you could you explain so, exactly what amiibos are to me well they are really really well done figures mm -hmm. of nintendo Nintendo properties, namely Smash Bros. There's a massive, I, and I, so I've never played Smash Bros, so I don't really get that. If I was to buy like the Pokemon ones, I feel like I would want them to be like Pokemon Let's Go, Let's Go Eevee, as opposed to like Smash Bros. Because, yeah. but they, yeah, they, they, I are, don't know, just the they are usable within a game, though, right? Yeah, so they have like a chip in them that you hover over. So I use them. I used to have some because I used to click for the Wii U and you scan it. So when I was playing Breath of the Wild, you could grab any amiibo, any of them, and you'd like scan it over the tablet and it would drop. Like, so in each different games, different shit will happen. So it will like unlock, it could unlock like a, an outfit or fucking, I don't know, like it could give you like items in the game, just like as you're standing there. So like out of nowhere in the sky in Breath of the Wild, it would drop like a chest and then you could open the chest up and there would be like items in that to like help you in the game, even though it would be like a 8-bit Mario amiibo in Breath it of the Wild. Work. It would still Yeah, it would still work. But certain amiibos do certain things in certain games. So like the Mario Odyssey ones, which is the ones I was going to get. There was like Peach Bowser and Mario. They will give you like the outfits for Mario that you can, I'm pretty sure can only get by with the Amiibos. Gotcha. And so they become like, they're just quite cool. Like I know with the Animal Crossing ones, for example, you can get that particular village villager to come to your island if you scan it, so that way you're not having to like wait randomly hope that they come or to uh, spend Nook Miles tickets to randomly go to this island or an island that out of a whole bunch of them that happen and you're trying to get this character and you'll never get him because I mean you will, but it just takes forever or you gotcha. have to go on a marketplace and, and shit. So yeah, that's kind of what they're about. But I actually like them for the fact that they're actually really well made. Obviously, I prefer action figurey 
I like articulation and stuff, but these are sort of different. They're just so, yeah, uh, they give me this massive collector buzz. Nice. Uh, I mean, those guys at Nintendo's are like geniuses when it comes to marketing with their sort of extra peripheries and all that sort of stuff. Like, I mean, you sold that well with the fact that it well, ticks one box, but also the fact that it has a use within the games themselves. It's like... That's, that's clear. But I feel I feel like so I feel Nintendo have a real good grasp on their past properties, and so when they make something, it's just you just look at it and it relates to that because I feel like they have their mascots, like yeah. they have their mascots in place, whereas like other consoles, not so much. Like I think of PlayStation, and I think, is it Final Fantasy or is it um, Crash Bandicoot? Is it what is it? Yeah. But the, you know what I mean. Like I think. Well, that's just me thinking right now off the top of my head. You know, Sega was trying to be like with the Master System, for example. They were being like, "Oh, Alex Kidd is. Oh, oh no, Sonic is." Yeah. And it's like, it's, well, it's definitely Sonic. But then it's like, now Sonic is a Nintendo thing, and you can get a Sonic Amiibo. Yeah. So it's like, Son- Nintendo Sonic's is sort kind of, of joke like, now, <laughs> anyway, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, if you love Sonic, you can still get the Amiibo. And there's like Pokemon, and like they're like Pokemon is a phenomenon, yep. and I'll talk about that. It's um, you know, going to come up for sure in this episode. <laughs> uh, so there's like a yeah spoiler, bit of an Easter egg there. The spoiler, yeah. Oh shit! Spoilers. What happens if I happen to have written something? <laughs> I was wondering when this was going to happen. Uh, it it, it um, hasn't, but um, I, that did cross that did oh, cross okay. my mind. When I was sort of, you know, okay. doing some research, I was like, "Yeah, I, was I thought like, it. Would, it? I thought it would actually be cool because we can try and out each other without hurting us <laughs> yeah. or whatever." No, that's the sort of thought. Maybe it was like, maybe I just don't tell them and just, you know, let them go through, and then I'll just sort of say, "Well, my game happens to be very similar, but just a different color, blue, <laughs> yeah. maybe." Exactly. Same. But yeah. Different. Uh, so yeah, amiibos—they're fucking cool. They're like not too bad they're like 20 about 25 bucks each time man the breath of the wild ones were fucking cool like i had a couple of them and um oh like because it's this game you're playing and you love it and you just got these real cool figures that come with it um yeah i don't know i could go on about that so, but so i they're think still they're really making, cool because i know uh, i mean the amiibos were initially for the wii u correct wii u and 3ds cool. so but they still work with switch do they yeah so, so they're, they're just continuing. continuing on with switch geniuses yep again smart people. so the pro the pro so the pro controller has the NFC reader in it. Gotcha. So you can do it with the pro controller, which I use and have. And I, um, over time, I'm actually starting to like the pro controller more than the Xbox controller, which is fucking crazy. I never thought I'd say yep. that. Um, it could it could have some better triggers on it, but um, as far as the buttons and everything go, they're quite big. I like. I really like it. You know how you know what it's like once you just like it, you play with a PS4 controller. You're used to that, so you love it. Yep. It's kind of like yep. the more you play with something, the more you like it. But I feel like yeah, Nintendo has this cool feel. Um, yeah, I'm always going on about I'm a Nintendo fanboy. Yeah, um, and, and that yeah. you love that controller <laughs> from the Xbox. Yeah, um, I was just more thinking exactly. about other things that one plays with that one learns to love. Yeah, years of experience. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Thank you. So, <laughs> and, wait for the laugh. That was that was meant to be crass. <laughs> um, oh, I was just thinking about. Sometimes I'm like so busy thinking about the next thing I'm going to say. It does, I'm trying to be rude. It's like fuck, <laughs> learning this podcast shit. Oh yeah, and that's um, why. Also, I just try and like rush in snippets because I was just like. <laughs> just trying to be like comedic timing. I just don't want to, you know, you be yeah. talking, then I just say penis over top of you. Yeah, perfect. I love that. 
what I've been playing is Animal Crossing New Horizons. So I'm still playing that. I completed the diving and the fishing for the museum. Rad. By time traveling. Uh, yep, by time traveling, I scored a golden rod. So um, sometimes I sort of forget about it. Like once you complete something, it'll give you an enable you to have an item because your items in the game break all the time. Gotcha. So the better, the better quality you have, so you have to like hit rocks and they will randomly spit out gold, which is a real rare item in the game. So I've managed to hoard a lot of them. And so now I'm able to, it'll give you a crafting recipe. Mm -hmm. So I have, I have the slingshot because random balloons come in the sky and you shoot them out and it drops a, yep. um, a present, just like a recipe and shit. I remember that from yep. New Leaf as well. Yeah. So I've done enough of them that a golden blue came balloon came along and gave me like a, a recipe for the um, so golden. I have a, a just a quick so, query on that because this is something that always sort of annoys yeah. me in games where okay so as you said you were collecting fish and you were diving and stuff like that but mainly I'm going to focus on the fish part where it's you've collected them all and your prize is now something that you don't really need to use because you've caught them all yeah i feel you on yeah. that I hate, yeah, that's, that's, I hate when games yeah. do that where they're like congratulations here's something yeah. that you don't actually ever need to use again because to get it you did everything that you'd need it for i guess to me when i thought of it when i got it i was like now i can not have a rod break all the time and i can so there's a a character and i feel like a an idiot because i can't remember his name but there's a like there's a uh, there's a a villager was well, not a villager he's like a a character that'll yep. come and they're he's like Saturdays a dude like that. that exactly no no he comes randomly i've i've heard there's a way you can manipulate manipulate the game to get these people to spawn when you want them because they come for a day and a certain amount of hours in a mm -hmm. day anyway he'll come i wish i knew his name fucking hell if it comes to you just we'll pause <laughs> you can say it and then i'll edit it yeah this is why i need like a computer in front of me or something this so we're freestyling this yeah, so Tony comes and he's the man. He's, he's, he's the, the best. He's got a golden and rod. It, yeah, he's the best, hard out. And no, he, <laughs> golden rod, and he uh, he um, he um enables you to have, you can give him three of one fish and he'll uh, then give you a trophy, which will arrive the next day. So now I can like get, you know, multiple fish and then, Get my trophies because i in my basement i have like a gold room where i I've, I've been able to craft like gold wallpaper and shit and i have like all my all my medals and shit it's like my trophy yep. room so i'm trying to like see like uh, it's kind of like you the way you play like your wrestling games it's like i'm more interested in that like this like trophy room where i can get all these like little trophies of all the bugs and the fish that i've yep. caught so anyway that's that's so the game kind of has like a never-ending-ish feel to it because you can. There's all these like other things you can do because you can do the same with bugs. Yes. Well, um, I think I remember and, playing New Leaf that like there used to be a sort of trick I would do, which was because I know the, the 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 running joke with Animal Crossing is always that you're in debt with um, Tom Nook, right? Yes. Um, but I managed to pay it off kind of quick because there were certain bugs that you could catch at night that sold for heaps of money. Yeah. So I did the turnip. I did the turnip Tuesdays off twitch and sold all my turnips and that just gave me like a couple of million dollars so yeah. that was like Done. that kind of broke the game a little bit i didn't do that till later on though so but yeah you kind of need that when you want to like get all your bridges and inclines and everything because they cost quite a lot and you might want to like so i went for like a like a sort of like a halloween themed without any items at halloween so i did everything like concrete and metal and 
uh, I made like a graveyard and all that sort of <laughs> shit. Yeah, um, that's the way I made my island. Yeah, I mean, anyway, so back to um, the golden the golden shit. Um, I so I need the bugs to complete the for the golden net. And what's annoying about that is like there's like I've got like four four um beetles and shit that i have to get i have to get like this cricket it's a mole cricket which i have to like walk around randomly and hear it which is in my opinion quite hard to do because you can like hear the ocean and there's music and there's like noises happening all the time so i have to like randomly hear this and i've also like um terraform my island so much that like it's i'm gonna have to redo it so that there's just like a flat bit of grass with like no flowers or fruit trees or water or you, you know any items anywhere it, so there's only one place that it can spawn yeah i've got to like deforest it and like do a spawn only area and hope that it spawns but i've randomly got to hear it then i've got to i've got to click to my shovel or have my shovel out dig it up then it'll fly out and i've got to quickly switch to my net and catch it so it's like this real like Oh, it's going to be like, but when I get it, I'm going to be like, yes, yeah. I'm the smartest man alive. <laughs> yeah. um, so that's going to be cool. Um, it's going to be epic, Ran. man. I have to get some random beetles that spawn on like at just real certain times. And I've been trying to grind it out and uh, manipulate the game a bit to do it. But fuck, they're, they're hard to get. But I'll get, there. get there. And then I need, the go- I need the golden shovel and I need uh, Gulliver. Gulliver comes up on your island randomly. That's like a seagull, right? It's a yeah, and he's like been ditched by his mates. They've like thrown him overboard. Yes, I think um, he he washed up yeah. on the on the in the town on the in New Leaf as well. Yeah, I feel sorry for him. And um, to other Nintendo titles. Yeah, he does little little memes and shit. I've got to do that about five more times and give him find his rusted parts so he gets this little like phone device or GPS um, up and running again. And apparently that gives you the shovel. So yeah, that's that's like what I'm doing. That's pretty much all I've been playing. Just a little bit of that every day. Rat. Yeah. Well, yeah, you'll have to keep us uh, posted once you finally get the mole cricket and, you know, complete it all. Yeah, it might be a while. Hopefully I stay motivated. Full disclaimer here. Full disclosure. For the News Guys section this week, we are pressing Control-Alt-Delete on that section. <laughs> Yeah, I want to, what I want to do is um, kind of like listen back to what we're doing. And you always kind of want to get better at what you're doing. I am kind of in agreement with if there is some news we want to talk about, we can talk about it. But I feel like I want the podcast and especially this section to be a lot more chill. There's a few notes I jotted down, which is my personal opinion on myself. I mean, we're all our worst uh Critics. Well, we critics. We we criticize ourselves a lot. Yeah. Um. And in my opinion, I felt like it was a bit try hard. There's another reason, which is it can date the podcast. Mm. So obviously, behind the scenes talk we had was um. It's nice to have a podcast one in the back in case one week or you know whenever it is we're we're too busy at work or whatever we're doing in our personal lives. And if we're doing news sections all the time, it's going to you know be way too delayed. It's not really news, you know. Yeah. And um. I also felt like I just wanted to have a section where we just have the freedom to talk about whatever. So whether it be Twitch, YouTube, games, toys, documentaries, Netflix, Disney Plus, movies, anime, podcasts, Armageddon, because that's something I was wanting to talk to you about. Like I've never been to like a convention before and fuck, I'd actually really like to go with you because then we could like enjoy it, you know? So that's something like, it's just like an example. Like I got all these like ideas for other, other shit we can talk about and things we can do. 
like old school memories of like rental stores, wrestling. It pretty much opens this section up to anything. And I was also going to say, if there is anyone listening out there, feel free to message us and tell us what you like or don't like about the podcast so we can make it better. Yes, uh, that's that's a good suggestion. Yeah. And with that, I was wanting to just quickly mention something that I thought that was cool off the subject of gaming, because I kind of feel like this section can be like, we, we bring the podcast back to gaming, but we can also open the section up to be about kind of whatever. Mm. And I, I wanted to basically put to you, if you wanted to check out iDub's new video, which he's just released on YouTube, because it sort of blew me away with how far he's come from the start of his YouTube career to where he is now. He started off, so this guy iDubs, he started off with um, Kickstarter crap, which was like a serious rant on like hilarious things people were trying to make for money. And he did it in a real clever way. He then started doing, for anybody that's not familiar with iDubs anyway, he then started doing bad unboxings, which were like, there was like an era of YouTube, which everyone would unbox shit. So there was like loot crate and like all this sort of shit. And people would get people, like their fans or whatever, to like send in their shit like whatever it is and they would open their mail and he did it in a real hilarious way then he went into like what what they call where he blew up on his main you know stick on on youtube which was content cop which is where he was like criticizing youtubers but now lately as of late he's doing this documentary series and it's incredibly in my opinion it's one of the coolest things i've ever seen where he legitimately gets these kids that are like different in a certain way that have YouTube channels that blew up in the past for real weird reasons. And he did a documentary on Airsoft Fatty called Full Force, but he's just released one called Ice Cream Man. And I'm not going to go into any any spoilers or talk about it, but I was just wanting to put it to you, Matt, if you wanted to. Go yep. steady. <laughs> go steady. <laughs> no. you're, you're giving me a commitment ring. Yeah, I just, yeah. I want to know if you want to go steady with me. And I want to know if... I do. I, would, I, I so I'll, do. Oh, that's great. That's awesome. We're together forever then. Um, <laughs> I want to, yeah, if you could check out Ice Cream Man. And within this section, I'd like to just have a bit of a, a banter about it, you know. And I, I personally fucking think that's pretty cool. Um, yep. And I also want to ask you, what do you think of the section and this idea? Yes. Uh, well, I was even going to sort of suggest that because I was, I know we'd sort of, yeah, again, we, we, we'd talked off, uh, off record. Uh, about what maybe we could do in this segment. I was thinking some a thought, which you basically just uh, nailed, which was just sort of a section where maybe you and I each sort of find something that the other one might not have seen. Like this iDubs guy I'm familiar with, uh, but not, you know, as intimate as you are. He obviously was who you were going steady with prior to me. Yeah, uh, that's who I was cheating on you with. Yeah, <laughs> uh, But yeah, like maybe it's even just a sort of section where you find something, I find something, we can then suggest it, and then the next episode even break that down. I, awesome. I'm, I'm all for it, basically, is what I'm saying. Sounds great. So we're committed to the relationship, and it'll. Yep. Um, we should be able to make this work with... Yes. Um, we can uh, meet meet both ways. What, what do you call it? Meet in the middle. Meet in the middle. I don't know. I was going to say... <laughs> oh, we can, we can swing both ways. That, there you go. There you go. I was going to suggest, well, basically, I went and bought us a necklace. Um, it's a heart. You break it in half. <laughs> And um, I'll have one half, you have the other. Uh, together for eternity. Cats and dogs living together. Mass hysteria. Okay, great. Kisses.
All right, mid-school memories. And the year in question is 1996. Uh, and since I picked the year last week, uh, I will start. And the game I've got is Soul Blade, or Soul Edge, if you'd like, because it was renamed Soul Blade uh, due to another video game developer, Edge Games, actually trademarking the word Edge. So the overseas market, that being anywhere but Japan, got Soul Blade. And to make it even more confusing, as the series carried on, it then later changed to Soul Calibur. That's what I remember it as. Yes, yeah. I think that's definitely the one that's more familiar with people now. Uh, it was made by Namco. Uh, and this is the tricky bit, because this actually has a few different release dates. Because uh, it was actually first in arcades in 1995, out in PlayStation, or on the PlayStation, in Japan in 1996. But it actually released our ways 1997. Uh, but I'm calling it as 1996, because I want to talk about it. So uh, that's, that's fine with me. I think that's, that's cool, because I have the same issue with my game this time around. I think that it's fine if we just go for the Japan release date or, or yes. thereabouts because it gets a little bit hazy there. So it's all good. Exactly. I'm with you on that. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, so we're already, uh, you know, cheating the system, but we both agreed that that's fine. So, you know, besides, it's our podcast, so we make the rules. Yeah, we can cheat. It's fine. <laughs> Just not in each other, right? Exactly. All right. Now, actually, I believe this could be the first ever game I actually played on the PlayStation because um, I know I'm going back to the well again because it seems from listening back, all of my memories usually revolve around me saying, I rented it from the video store. I rented the PlayStation. Uh, but yeah, basically this was rented for sleepovers. And with fighting games, you know, I was already familiar with Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter, but you know, you're in the video store and you've got limited choice of what's on the shelves. And I basically saw a fancy 3D fighting game that had weapons and I was just drawn to it immediately. Like those games prior as well, they still were pretty much heavy button mashes before I figured out the gameplay because I just think it's funny the amount of times playing all those early fighting games. And, you know, I've got such memories of even going to the arcade and playing Street Fighter and Samurai Showdown, but just never knowing how to block. <laughs> like, I don't know how you used to play those games, but... Yeah, so I, I would just mash. And when I... I always felt like when I went to block, for example, like Street Fighter or something like that, I would block and they would do like a real cheeky sweet kick to me. So mm. I always felt like, oh, I'm like, what's the point in blocking? Because they're going for this other attack. So I generally just tried to time in my attacks rather than um, have defense. But yeah, obviously there's a knack to that. Yeah, I mean, going forward, it's like just, yeah, how, how the sort of games have advanced. Because I know me and you have talked about you like watching a lot of speed runs. Yes. And, and like those sort of, you know, watching other people play, that sort of exists. My, what I actually quite like looking at is uh, the online fighting game community and just watching these pros play all these fighting game tournaments like Evo. And just also, you know, again, seeing how different they play to how I would play. You know, I think I'm pretty clever once I've figured out, a, you know, just how to do a three-hit combo or the throws. But, you know, these guys are blocking and doing chip damage and staying away. And it's just, you know, how the other half live, I guess. Because, yeah, blocking was so alien to me. But I think with this game as well, it sort of worked because, as I said, it was uh, based around a, a weapon system. Uh, and the weapons you had, basically, most fighting games you'd have, you know, you can block, but it's all fists and feet. So you'd always take chip damage. There was no chip damage in this game because you had your sword there, or, or your weapon, or your axe, or your spear, or whatever it was. But there was a little sort of mechanic in the game where if you kept blocking, 
your weapon took damage and you ran the risk of losing it completely and then you were basically butt-fucked because then you were having to fight a dude with a samurai sword while you had bare hands that is such that is such a cool mechanic oh yeah this was even you can't quote me on this i mean you i guess you can because i'm about to say it out loud um <laughs> but for me playing this it was a whole bunch of new things like you know, seeing the weapons, uh, ring outs. I'd never come across a ring out before where, you know, usually you won because all your health went down or, you know, you knocked their health down. But this was, I remember just cheaping things out. That again, cheesing, I think is with button mashing is how you learn to play these fighting games. I had a guy with a big sword that would thrust the dude uh, and you could just knock them out of the ring and win that way. So they might- Yeah, because I think, I think like games before, before that era, yeah, I mean, there was obviously like an invisible wall or a literal wall, wall yep. where you're like, because the background and everything was 2D rather than like 3D. Yeah, yeah man. And yeah, so there was just, uh, uh, you know, and it was 3D again, because I think the start of the PlayStation was sort of, I know that they'd done 3D prior, but this was everything, even though they were blocky, ungodly, squarish shapes, I was still like, this is amazing. Look at how, you know, how futuristic this game is. So yeah, I just I just loved it. Eh? And and also just, you know, with fighting games, they've always got a whole bunch of characters that are larger than life. So I remember the first character I was drawn to, his name was Rock, and he looked like basically a big caveman with an axe. I remember Voldo was pretty fun to play as. Uh, he was the, like the weird, oh, how would you even explain him? He was blind, but he had like daggers on his hands and he would spin all over the ring and you know spin people on their hands like basketballs i recall i recall him being like um like as in in real life i'd be quite scared of him he reminded me of like freddy krueger or edward scissorhands yeah he, he he dressed like a gimp and reminded me of like the hellraiser yeah the, uh, the, those those cenobite monsters that they have in that yeah but, like if he was on like a vhs rental cover i would like freak out and like grab it and look at the back of it like it would be something that would like appeal to me and yeah. i'm pretty sure he was on the cover of soul blade that we got in new zealand so you know that might say a little bit about me that as i said i was immediately drawn to a weird gimp <laughs> 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 but you know uh this is coming on the other podcasts about you know, we'll, 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 we'll slowly you know break down all my my quirks but uh, my main boy that i moved on to uh was siegfried who was like the weird german knight mainly because when i talk about that character before that could ring out people real easy because he just had a giant sword and it was like without even realizing i was learning game mechanics because he had range on his weapon so he was a good character to pick because you could just keep people away from you it's funny how you just sort of, you know, you play things one way when you're a kid and then you realize that you've actually picked them up so that when you play it again later in life, you've actually picked up some of the mechanics and some of the things seep into your memory without you actually realizing. But as we've established, what I really love is RPGs. And this, once I got into it, this game actually has an RPG mechanic because you can play through the arcade mode, but... There's a secondary mode called Edge Master Mode, where within it you'll, like, it can be anywhere from like 10 fights to 20 fights, but they've all got like their own sort of gimmick to them, where you can only damage a certain character if they're in the air. So you have to learn how to do a launcher, I believe it's called in the fighting game community. So you've got to knock them in the air, then juggle them to do damage, because if you're just trying to attack them, even if you're hitting them, their health's not going down. And then you'd get another fight where it's like, you have to beat this character in 10 seconds. Or again, you have to beat this person by ring out. And going through these modes, you would unlock extra swords. And I know I keep saying swords. I should say weapons because not everybody in the game used a sword. But you'd, 
earn extra equipment for them, which you could then take back into the arcade mode that had different stats that would make them a bit stronger. So here we go. I finally sort of branch out and play a fighting game, but of course I play the fighting game that also is an RPG. And I really like that because it seems to be like talking to you about your gaming, which I, oddly enough, I feel like I haven't really done in depth. Like I knew, I knew we both gamed and we kind of did shit, but this is real cool to like, like I kind of, I kind of feel like everybody has like this imagination land where they create in their mind and they play a game a certain way where you're a very like creative person in a sense because you're not playing a game to get through the story mode and then or, or the boss or the battles and then you just like finish it there you've got like a you're sort of like collecting items and like you're saying you're you're like rpg minded mm. and it's really cool to hear like games are different for everyone the way you play them and what you like and how you go about it it's quite it's really cool yeah yeah definitely definitely i know street fighter today and Tekken today and Mortal Kombat today are sort of, you know, the bigger known, the bigger known games. They're the ones that everybody loves and plays. And yeah, again, I sort of follow a bit of the, the online fighting game community. Soul Calibur is still getting played. Uh, I mean, they've made, I think the last entry was number six. So Soul Calibur six in 2018. And it doesn't get the same love that, you know, the rest of the world does. But for me, definitely, I would say Soul Calibur is my favorite fighting game series. Man, you know what I'm going to do today? I'm going to go buy that because that is on a 70% off the yellow sticker sale at the warehouse on Xbox. So it's going to be like $3. <laughs> oh, rad. Because they yeah. even, I think they were maybe even one of the first uh, first games. I know Tekken now, you can get like these, their season passes, they introduce, well, Street Fighter does it too, but new characters. But Soul Calibur was like the first one that started doing like guest characters from like different franchises. So I cool. remember when the, I think it might have been Soul Calibur 4 released, maybe it's 5 even, released. There was one that released both on the PS3. Oh no, shit, here we go. I can, uh, it's actually, it started with the PS2 because you had one that came out on the PS2, one that came out on the Xbox, and one that came out on the GameCube. Yep. So for each of those games, for each release, they got a specific character. Even though it's the same game, yeah. they got so, a different release. Wow, cool. So, so PlayStation Two got Hihachi from Tekken. Yep. Uh, I believe Xbox got Spawn from the comic books. Nice. And yeah, the the GameCube one got Link. Nice. But like, as the I was and why I was getting confused with maybe like four or five because then they did an Xbox version later, which was on the 360 that had Yoda. The PlayStation One had Darth Vader. And yeah, wow. and now they, because I, if I believe correctly, the latest one has, I don't know if you've played the Witcher games or even seen oh, the TV show. I haven't. It's actually a game I haven't played. I'm familiar with it though, but yeah. But yeah, the, the main character there, Geralt, is a extra character. Oh, nice. Um, I was going to add in a couple of things off, like randomly, but just while I remember, have you heard of Grimms before? He's a streamer. He got into fighting games and he went into a tournament and he may have even won it. Don't quote me on that, but have you heard of him before? I have not, no. Oh, okay. He's just a guy I, I watch, so I just wanted to mention that. And another thing is I play Injustice 2 with um, – uh, yeah, I, I, I don't mean to, like, bring my kid into this podcast all the time, but, you know, that is a big part of my life. And, um, our kid. Yeah, our, our kid, yeah. <laughs> um, our baby boy. Yeah. I was playing <laughs> – um, 
yeah, anyway, so I play Injustice 2 with him and um, the unlockable, unlockable characters you can do with that, which I haven't paid for because I'm like, fuck that. But I would like to get there's, um, a Ninja Turtle in there. I'm not sure which one it is, actually. But oh, wow. Yeah, when I saw that, I was like, fuck, it looks so cool, man. Like, there's a, there's a, there's about four or five of them you can um, obviously pay for to unlock. Mm. But yeah, I just wanted to add those two things. I, I like those elements. But nah, yeah, and I cool. remember um, playing Soul Calibur, and it was probably on the PS2 from a previous conversation we had um, mm-hmm. with our friend Craig, and I remember uh, battling you on that as well, and that was real fun. Yeah. Yeah, I think because uh, it moved on to an even cheaper character, my Soul Calibur 2, and had a pretty good run of cleaning people up. I used to go as Raphael, who was the fencer. He was just so quick that people couldn't react quickly. So yeah, And I, just... I actually think I remember that and being frustrated because you were too fast, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man, so that is my mid-school memory. Uh, what was yours? So I've done, I looked at the year, 1996, and I saw some on there. I mean, I can, I'll just rattle a couple off. So there was like, you know, for example, Twisted Metal 2. Yep. But I feel like I, talk, I talked about like a, sort of a, you know, like a racing car game, even though that's not racing as such. I felt like I talked about like a car game last time. So I wanted to talk about something different. And I'm glad we cleared this up earlier, like you have with this game. It's like, what what is the release date? Because when you look at the year, it's like it comes out here in Japan and, you know, things mm. like that. So anyway, this was an RPG. The first, I definitely think it was the first RPG I've ever played or any sort of game like this. And it was a game that I knew I wanted to play way before I played it or could get my hands on it. So this was like a, probably my first anticipated game that I'd that I'd ever had rather oh, than like... That's rad. Rather than like stumbling upon it. So it was obviously like in magazines and in like pop culture coming along before it came here. So yeah, RPG released in Japan, developed by Game Freak for the Nintendo Game Boy, and I got Pokemon Blue. Nice. This is a game that I also have a secret at the time i had a real shame for i felt like i was a bit weird because i should be like like i always say like i should be playing rugby and i should be like you know what i mean like every yeah. like our community tells us to be a certain way and to be holding a game boy at my age at the time i felt like i was being immature or something and no. i always like weirdo embarrassment about it and i still even have it today that i like but I, I'm part of this podcast is me saying, nah, fuck it. This is who I am. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like, I'm proud of who I am. So fuck it. Like, yeah, I love pocket monsters. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Pokemon, <laughs> yeah. So my best friend at the time, uh, Richard Vanderlinden, RAP, mm-hmm. he sadly passed away. He had red and I had blue. We got this on the same day. And I unfortunately unfortunately like every kid in those days ripped it apart threw it in the bin i fucking wish i kept that shit but you know um meaning oh, the package the package no i was gonna say i'm pretty sure i still have the box for blue somewhere that is awesome i chucked that shit straight in the bin got, <laughs> got to the game chucked it in my game boy obviously kept obviously kept the little uh did it come with a plastic holder i'm pretty sure it did i think so or yeah. maybe they came separate anyway yeah, and I kept, probably kept the manual as well. But anyway, chucked it in and I got to playing. And it was quite cool because for me, Richard had red. My friend Richard had red. I had blue. And it was this, it felt like this race to finish the game. Yep. Did, <laughs> like you, guys, did you guys have a link cable from the start to be able to no, trade? No. So I didn't have a lot of money growing up and things like this. So like I basically at the time could only afford a um, 
the game itself my friend was in the same boat so i wanted to get one but i don't even remember seeing one for sale i feel they weren't super common for us yeah so i that's what i mean i'm pretty sure i would have had one otherwise because i would have been real hard out for it and this is also one of the games that meant you needed a link cable so yes. i mean it's, uh, it was its entire gimmick right yeah so i don't know i'm guessing maybe because i don't recall even seeing one it was part of the gimmick because you needed that to get all 151 pocket monsters and you also needed it for battling and trading yeah battling and trade trading as everyone fucking knows everyone knows pokemon yeah so i was like grinding away in this game and so my whole thing and my memory about it i love going off topic not just talking about the game but the memories of the time yeah was I went through the whole entire game because, again, I'm not watching videos. I don't know what this game is about. I don't know anything. All I know is I'm playing this game, and that's why it's so sick. I also have this massive love, and I know you do too, for their art style because it's so simplistic. Yep. Yeah, I love I, lo I love it. And um, I also got a – this was something that made me get a Game Boy Light magnifying glass. Ah, yeah, yeah, yep. Because I, I used, I was like not sleeping, like playing all night and shit. <laughs> yeah. Because, like I say, I had to, I had to, I had to beat it before Richard. I also just, I'll quickly interject. I remember just the yeah. amount of money I had to spend on batteries just to play the bloody game. Yeah, yeah, man. Um, now, I, now, now everything's plugged in through a, you know, you just charge through a USB cable. But you know, there's a whole generation of people that won't know the the, the painstaking effort you had to go through just to, you know, and money. You know, that was what pocket money was going towards, batteries, just to keep playing these games. My dad was always super hard out with rechargeable batteries. So ah, I, nice. I always had recharged batteries. So that was cool. But, you know, I just had to make sure that I always recharged them. Otherwise, I'd piss my dad off. Yeah, so that was fucking sick. I remember there was also, like, obviously a battery pack that you could plug in off the wall. But I, I think I had that later on, but I didn't have it at the time. Anyway, I was playing the shit out of this and um, went through. So the whole game... The main thing I wanted to say is I went through the whole game with Blastoise. So obviously Squirtle, you know, and evolved it up to Blastoise. And I was only using that, which is so weird. It's weird that I didn't use other mons. Mm. But what this meant was, is my Blastoise became a fucking unit. So <laughs> it was super high, you know, it's, it's, it's stats were just sky high and it was like a fucking beast. I don't know why, but... For some reason, I obviously had. Fin oh, I think I know what happened. I finished the game, and I think Richard and I swapped red for blue, and because we didn't have a link cable and stuff, it was like, yeah. oh, I play red, and it's like cool. And so he took blue, and what he did is he took my game and his Game Boy to his college at the time, and it was like a rich boy school, and so they obviously had that shit, and they had um they had link cables, so the kids were all playing it. And oh, it was also that whole like shame thing with me because kids my age weren't really playing Game Boy where like Richard was like a year younger than me and they were all kind of playing it. Mm -hmm. and so I was like, oh, well, can you take my game? And I'll, and he's like, cool. Anyway, so he took it. He was battling with like his mates and shit. And <laughs> kids were coming up to him asking like, can I give you a hundred bucks to trade for that Blastoise? Like <laughs> he was actually saying, like, I'll give you like real decent money. And like he was coming back to me and saying, "Man, do you want to do you want to trade Blastoise?" And I'm like, "Ah, oh, that's so much money." But I'm like, "But it's my Blastoise." Yeah. Like, yeah. And it's like I never did, but I just thought that was real. It made me real like proud because I'm sort of like I'm like embarrassed by it. But these kids are like, "Whoa, this mon's so fucking sick!" And I'm just yeah. like, made me feel like the man. Yeah. Um, 
yeah so um as cheesy as that sounds but yeah that was a real fucking cool memory and um later on i remember linking up and and, and battling a little bit and, and trading a little bit that was super sick and a real cool time in my life and i was just looking if there was something else i wanted to say i was actually going to mention something else but i'll leave that for because we're obviously i'm hoping to do this podcast for a while and we may go back over the years again yeah so i don't so. want to mention, i don't want to mention more stuff so um yeah that's that's pokemon blue in a nutshell for me i fucking loved it and it brings me to today where the last two years of my life has a lot to do with like an injury i'm going through and things in my life but i um i play pokemon go quite often and i got involved in a community here and was grinding that out and i found that real fun it got me to be walking and for my rehabilitation and everything and it's sort of like it rekindled that love oh and actually something real fucking cool when the game sort of first came out i had a break from the game for about six months and then i've come back to it and played it the last couple of years but when it first came out um like i say like r.i.p richard i went up to akatara cemetery and i had a little uh I put a, a Charmander in the gym there and like, yeah, did that for him. So yeah. Nice. Yeah. That, that's cool, man. So yeah, that's, that was pretty sick. Like um, chucking that mod in there for Richard. It was awesome. And on that note, I'll go into my year of choice for the next podcast, which will be 1995. 1995. Yes. Don't we have a friend's band that used to be called that? We do. <laughs> Well, that was our last coin, our last continue, and our last life. We've reached the kill screen. That's it for us in this episode. Thanks for listening. Thanks for liking or commenting anything on our Instagram, which is our main plug. We're also on Facebook and we're on Twitter. But the main plug is Insta, so check us out on there. It bleeds pixels. It's a buy from me. And buy from me. Check us out on the next episode of It Bleeds Pixels. It's Pikachu! It's Clefairy! Fuck!